Welcome to the Pharos Fit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, push further, and achieve your limitless potential through fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pharos Fit Podcast. Uh, just me and Emily on this one today. Hello, dear. How are you? Hello, very good. Uh, me and Emily just got back from a big trip. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about the trip and the things we learned on that journey. Um, it was a fairly long trip. We went to a lot of different places. Uh, we basically covered six states in two weeks and yeah. many thousands of miles. 4,200 miles, 4,200 miles, four campsites, four hotels, yeah. and a whole lot of adventuring. Yeah, at a, at a time when gas is super expensive. So <laughs> not a particularly smart thing to do, uh, but the, the cost of flights also was very expensive. So it kind of worked out to be the cheaper option, even though it was uh, not cheap. Um, but anyway, um, we want to talk a little bit about training on the road, a little bit about nutrition on the road, a little bit about education on the road and the things we learned along the way. And just in general, um, the kind of experience, the kind of perspective it gave us and what it kind of like set up for us in the future. So let's talk about training. Well, let's talk about what we actually did, first of all. So we left from LA, we packed up our truck. Um, we just took our took our regular truck and, and ordered a tent and some 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 basic gear. To yeah, we'd never on. done camping before, so we like were searching for all these things beforehand. Got a tent, got a cot, got a you know one of those sleeping pad things. Right, and and obviously we have Wyatt, and Emily's obviously pregnant. Um, and one of my clients pointed out to me when I got back that probably wasn't the smartest thing to do with a pregnant wife and child. <laughs> Um, in bear country. Someone but, said, are you stupid? Like, <laughs> yeah. but, um, you know, both of us hadn't really camped since we were, since we were kids. Um, and this was the first kind of like family camping trip, obviously. Um, so we, we, you know, we, we got everything we kind of needed. It wasn't like, we weren't super rough in it. Like we bought like, um, we bought nice stuff like, uh, like camping beds. What do you call them? Cots? They're cots. The so cots they're like elevated cots above yeah, the ground. Yeah. And then. And then we had like a gas fire cooker, obviously like limit miniature camping cookers, uh, pots and pans and all that kind of shit. So we had stuff. It wasn't like alone. It wasn't like hunting. Yeah, and we weren't over a fire and, and doing It was slightly so glamping. It was glamping as camping gets. <laughs> right. So we packed up the truck and literally we could not have fitted anything more in that truck. It was like jam packed with, you know, everything we could possibly think we need. Um, and we took off from LA. And, and the first thing we did was um, we, we were heading to uh, Jeff Skidmore's wedding. Uh, Jeff is an old member of the uh, gym, Jeff and Nicole, both members of the gym. And he was getting married in, uh, in the Hood River in Oregon. And um we were on our way to see them and we stopped off on the way to see Emily's family in, in Woodland, near Sacramento. And um, Emily's Omar was still in uh, Woodland and we wanted to tell her the good news about the, the, the new baby. So we, we stopped off there on the way, which was uh, super nice. And um, uh, Wyatt got to play with his cousins and, and so forth. Went to a water so, park and that was fun. Park. Yeah, and then we went up to Bend, Oregon and saw my cousin. And, oh, yeah, Bend, uh, yeah and explored that area for a little bit beautiful uh, it's nice because once you get past the five it's like the five from right. la to sacramento just sucks and it's you know barren desert gross farmlands like the worst kind of farming practices yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, and then once you get past sacramento and you get to um you know like uh 
more like redding and all yeah. that kind of area. It's just so beautiful. Yeah. And the landscape completely changes. Um, so went up to Bend and then landed in Hood River for a wedding and had a nice, nice accommodations there. So it was like we started our trip in very nice accommodations right. and then uh, went rough in it from there. <laughs> yeah. So after 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 uh, the wedding, which we'll you know we'll talk about training and all that kind of stuff around that in a second. But after that, we we just headed east um into um towards montana um we stopped off at what was the name of the place we stopped at? wallowa lake wallowa was lake, the first yeah. place after that which was so fun and beautiful yeah. i wish we would have stayed more time there um yeah. and then the loxa river which yeah. is basically 120 miles of zero cell service and absolutely nothing, off the grid. totally off the grid had no um we were painfully unprepared because Wallowa Lake is like, you know, it's like proper camping and you can go and get firewood there. And there's general stores and like a lot of things. And Luxor River is like you show up and there's a campsite and there is nothing around. So thank God we brought yeah. an axe so we could forage for some firewood and, and make it happen that yeah. night. Um, it was actually it actually turned out to be super fun. Like the other one was like Emily said, more of a commercial campsite. So there's like more available. Whereas the second one was like a lake to swim in and then just like deal with it. Like whatever, whatever you can find, you can find whatever you can burn, you can burn. And there's no shops there at all. So we didn't really prepare our evening meal that well. No, but we we, had some canned, we had had canned stuff and some peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Yeah. A few eggs Um, left over. And again, we'll talk more about nutrition later, but it was very simple, but kind of, kind of magical. Um, And then after that, Lolo Hot Springs. Lolo Hot Springs before yeah. Missoula, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which was hot springs. Hot. So hot. So hot. Yeah. Um, and then it's interesting to be in a hot spring while it's hot because right. like, hmm, maybe yeah. I'd like a cold pool instead of a hot pool. Yeah. <laughs> but that was nice. And then went to Missoula. Yeah, yeah. Missoula's kind of like a college town. So, you know, it felt less Montanary than Bozeman and, and Livingston, all those kind of, kind of places. Um, it felt kind of like Silver Lake a little bit. A little bit like Silver Lake, definitely. So, but beautiful still, you know, beautiful, uh, beautiful scenery. Went to a great gym there and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, and then after Missoula, we started kind of like making the journey toward home. But obviously, we went through Boise, yeah, Idaho. Um, went to Idaho Falls was in a yeah, horrible campsite yeah. that we left immediately. We spent. Yeah. We were supposed to be there for two nights. Left after the first one and was like, "No, we got to get out of here." This yeah, it was sketchy. It was right by right by a main road. There was like traffic all night, and there was like just weird stuff happening on the campsite. Sheriff's uh, yeah, cop like, cars coming through the campsite, making sure everything was okay. We were like, "We got to get out of here ASAP." Yeah, yeah. Went to Boise. Yeah, Boise. Boise is a great city. Super clean, nice, nice place. Had some and has had that river morning. running straight through it, yeah. and so that was great. So hot. It was 104 yeah. degrees. Yeah, and not. pretty miserable but it, luckily we found water everywhere we went and Wyatt got to explore and you know dig in the dirt a little bit and throw rocks and all of that so uh, made it fun um yeah. and then from Boise went down That's to out. Winnemucca Nevada Winnemucca. which is basically just a bunch of casinos as well as a boot barn a really nice boot barn there. I got the boot barn. <laughs> but it's weird when once you get into like those northern parts of Nevada it's kind of it's kind of depressing it's it's like these casinos where people are like gambling at midday and you know drinking at midday and um a lot of like um fairly yeah, it's like run down Monday neighborhoods at 12 and, o'clock 
and yeah. there's like families spending lunch time and spending time at casinos and we were like oh this is not the life for us yeah it was it was, it was kind of blinking for us. yeah um, but we just kept we just kept driving through it and um eventually ended up at, at mammoth um which is awesome like mammoth, probably right. the, maybe the best campsite we went to i mean you know you go so far and you go through so many different states then you get back to california and it's like well this is actually awesome like yeah, California, like, it is amazing. It does have such amazing places, and they do it really well. Like, it was really well managed. Um, there was everything there. Um, there's so many lakes near Mammoth that you can actually go to and swim in. And there's so much to do if you have the time. Um, and we actually had a great, a great sort of day and a half there. Um, Minus the bear breaking into our box. Yeah, we made a, we made a, a crucial error on the, <laughs> on, on the night. of um, You have these bear boxes that have handles on the you're supposed to remove. So you put all your food in there, then you lock it, and then once you've locked it, you then have to remove the handle. And what happened was we we put all our food in there, we locked it, but we forgot to move the handle. We went to bed, and then just before midnight, a giant bear got into the camp, got it with its paw, opened the fucking cabinet, uh, got the marshmallows, and um, you know stole them. Uh, Master White's horror. Um, <laughs> And yeah, and it was kind of crazy. Like everyone in the campsite woke up and like they were like warning me and like, hey, hey, beg on your camp. You took, your, took some stuff out of your cupboard. Like, we don't know if he's going to come back and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, again, I'm there with a pregnant wife, a young son. And, and I wake God, up I, in the morning I and there's the axe. In, in the danger. <laughs> there's the axe sitting right there. You can tell Peter really stressed out then. <laughs> I was like, going through all kinds of scenarios. Like, the bear comes back. Like, well, how do I attack it? What do I do? <laughs> um so yeah but everything everything was fine obviously and um no harm was done to us or the bear but lesson learned yeah although uh, maybe it's tummy ache bears are not supposed to eat an right, entire bag probably, had, of probably some, some, some gut ache after that but yeah, yeah it, was, it was totally our fault we should have uh we should have taken that handle out but like i said uh lesson learned um but kind of crazy like you know you've kind of take it for granted you kind of assume you're going to be okay but the wild is the wild and you have to be super okay. aware and prepared and you can't make those kind of uh, those kind of mistakes. Um, but yeah, I, I love them. I thought it was a, it was an awesome place, um, awesome place to camp, awesome place for the family, um, and and just beautiful. And then from there, we just uh, you know we headed back to Idlewild. And obviously, we have to say like we're on a kind of a wilderness trip, and then we end up back home, which is kind of in the wilderness. So it was it was awesome to come back to Idlewild and you know in this in this house and this place that we love. So it was a, a great trip. Um, we all loved it. Wyatt loved it. Um, we both sort of said how amazing it was to get Wyatt like off the grid and away from technology. Uh, as you know, as with all parents, we we fall trap of you know him being on the iPad too much or him being on the phone too much just for like entertainment and just to kind of like keep him quiet. But when we were camping and when we were in the woods and stuff, like he'll just invent you know scenarios and and, and, and yeah, games to play. And, yeah, his imagination explodes. So it was it was so good to do that, so good to get out there and and uh, and experience that with him and kind of see it see it through his eyes, and, and I think it was a, a real lesson for us and like what we want to do in the future. And we talked about like maybe becoming the kind of parents that get a, a Winnebago or yeah, an ice cream. Yeah, uh, we were very uh, envious of all of the RVs and the trailers that we saw. We were like, oh, yeah. what about that trailer? What about that RV? Yeah, there's some pretty badass ones out there. And of course, but it was nice to rough it in the tent. It was. It like was. The it, tent was awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
but it does make you think like if you want to do that a lot long term then maybe it's worth investing in something like that peter just likes to spend money on nice things it's a problem um so let's move on let's talk about let's talk about training on the road um now of course when i was preparing for the trip um i always overdo this i took weights in the back of the truck i took um I got the selectorized like dumbbell sets so multiple weights, extra dumbbells in case I needed to do some like explosive work. Um, and we took our bows and, mm-hmm. and arrows and that kind of stuff. Uh, of course, the running shoes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the reality is like once, once you're on the road and, and training and stuff, what you're going to be able to do is, is minimum, but we kind of mapped out or we kind of knew that there'll be certain places where we'd be able to find gyms. Um, and of course, Emily knows for me, like if I don't get to train at all, I slowly start to go insane and I'm unpleasant to be around. So um, I think she knows that like it's it's good for everybody if we can like slot that in somewhere. So, um, you know, as we went up, there were times when I did get the, the, the dumbbells out and I, I did an Instagram post about this. I just like do simple, simple circuit stuff, invent like simple EMOMs where I'm just like doing a couple of different movements um and keeping myself accountable with the clock and just being very efficient with the time um because it would be easy easy when you have a dumbbell in the forest just to end up doing a bunch of nonsense and uh, 90 minutes goes past and you've barely done anything so i find like having a clock and doing something like very strict like an emom like an every minute on the minute kind of sequencing drill especially with something explosive and something pure strength so like something like you did a power driven movement paired with a you know like more hypertrophy just strength movement yeah and and under the under no illusion that like you're moving the bar forward like you're just literally kind of treading water just uh not not letting the body fall apart and just kind of like keeping on on top of things um in a sense you're not one rep maxing no yeah you just it reminded me of uh like um, when we were in, uh, when the pandemic was at its high and all we had was, you know, everyone was just using dumbbells at home and it was like just doing whatever you can to, to stay sane. Um, but it's, you know, still hugely valuable. Um, and of course you have body weight stuff, you have some dumbbell stuff and that kind of stuff and you can be very creative with it. So that was super beneficial. So if you are going on a road trip, I do, I, I would say like, take a dumbbell or a kettlebell or something, some kind of tool you can just kind of play around with because it is enough to just, you know, like I said, just stay in tune with your body and uh, not let things totally fall apart. And, and of course, if you're combining that with like being outdoors and hiking and swimming and all yeah, that Yeah, that was the main thing with us where like more, we found gyms to drop into and did some things. But the main thing is that every day we did some sort of like hike or right. walk around somewhere, you know, in Boise, there was the green belt and in Wallowa Lake, there was that awesome hike up a, a, you know, you go take this incredible tram that takes you up a uh, 5,500 elevation and, right. uh, and then there's a and, three mile hike there. And, and I'll say like hiking, hiking three miles with a 40 pound kid on your back. <laughs> it's hard. Like it, it's a, and, and your elevation, like it gas. Hiking it pregnant gasped. is also difficult. Hiking pregnant is also difficult. <laughs> But yeah, I remember I remember hiking the white when he was like 15, 20 pounds and it was way easier. Now it's like, oh my God, this giant lump on my back. Um, but yeah, again, it's a super fun, good sack. conditioning. Yeah, it's a it's a real weighted vest. Um but yeah, we like I said, we did we did find a number of uh, gyms on the road, which I want to talk about a little bit because it's always fun for us to like dip into different gyms 
and see what they're doing um, and sort of kind of compare it to what we do and see what works and what doesn't work. Um, previously, when we've done this kind of thing before, we've always kind of dropped into to CrossFit gyms in the past. Um, but obviously with, with Emily being uh, uh, pregnant and me being a total meathead, um, and us having Wyatt. Like and, and us having Wyatt. Like, it wasn't the right kind of scenario to drop into CrossFit gyms. Though, I, you know, I've done that in the past and I have loved it. Uh, I'm just kind of in a different place, like, mentally right now from that. So we tended to drop into kind of more traditional, like, strength and conditioning slash Globo-type Globo gyms. Gym. Um, and the one we went to in the Hood River was uh, awesome because it did have, like, a, a, a CrossFit side to it. And then it had like a, a main gym, you know, much like we have at Ferris with kind of like the, the base area with all the equipment in there. And then the, the, the kind of like uh, functional side, obviously a much smaller kind of version than Ferris. But um, it was it was good to see people you know, embracing that kind of business model and, and realizing the value of both. Um, I've talked about that a lot on the podcast before, how you know, you really can't get the best of both worlds if you if you if you implement it right, if you create the space efficiently and effectively. And I did some like CrossFit stuff, um, and then I did some like bodybuilding stuff and some basic cardio stuff. And that and gym I, was great because it was open twenty four hours and had T card right. access, which yeah. was uh, which was an awesome uh, you know awesome to be able. Not that we took advantage no, of I mean, workout, but I can't imagine. I don't know who's training between like the hours of like. 12 and well they need a much different life for you peter that is that is one thing right i mean and that that's 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 another thing about training on the road is like you have especially with a kid you have to be committed to it and realize like there's going to be a a very finite time in which you can do that luckily that gym we could actually take why we actually took him to set up in one of his toys and set him up in in this car seat and had his toys and he would just play and it would be like totally fine that is the beauty of a mom and pop kind of situation because we popped into another gym and they first thing we walked in we were like do you do day passes and they were like we do not have childcare." and i was like okay yep totally yep understood we are we will swap (laughs) so with that in mind like I had to be prepared to like get up at five, even though you're on holiday, get up at five, go to the gym, um, get it done, get back, switch out wire, and then you can go to the gym and that kind of stuff. So it does like take commitment. You you have to want to do it and you have to like realize the value of it, even though you're on holiday. For me, if it's a holiday where I end up feeling physically like shit, then it's not good. Like it's no good to me at all. Um, It's already hard enough for me to be away from like the business for that amount of time without becoming kind of like like my anxiety kind of raising um and if you added like not training as well to that it would it would not be a good place mentally or physically for me so i wanted to get that in i managed to get in i actually felt really good with what i did i did a lot of good stuff um i had some issues i was driving so much um i had some issues with my with my back and my hips um, right at the tail end there right and that's, the the, end. that's the trouble with you Peter you only stretch when you have to yeah, you only stretch so to, when you're two when when yeah. it hurts but so I had, you know, to, I had to slot that in at the end which is so funny to me because I'm like the training is so important to you and you don't want to be able to not like you want to always be able to train but then if you're broken you can't train so you think that it would be more a part of your routine like right. I get uh, like my two things were 
we get out of the car. I know it is different because I'm also pregnant. So I have to stay moving. Otherwise I'll get like really weird cramps. Um, but like a couch stretch a day keeps the back pain away <laughs> when you're, true, when yeah. you are driving. So I would do, you know, a two minute couch stretch when we're in the hotel or just pop my knee up on the can on, you know, the picnic table, if we're, uh, if we're camping, um, and then an elevated pigeon kind of thing where I put my leg up on the um, bed and do that while, you know, we're kind of winding down. Um, and then poor Peter makes it to about a week and a half and then breaks down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right at the end. But, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, you know what I hate is when, as soon as people get something like that or niggle, they're like, I can't train. I, I, I've hurt myself. I need to like take a complete break. I'm like, it's one of the worst things you can do to do nothing. There's always things you can do. That was the trouble, right? It's 4,200 right. miles yeah. sitting in one fixed yeah, it's position. In one position. You need movement. You need to around. So the last couple of days I went to the gym. I just, I avoided hinging because hinging was the problem. Um, but there's so much you can do in a gym. Just because you can't hinge doesn't mean you can't do a ton of other especially stuff. Especially in global gym stuff. Yeah, especially it, it is harder in a functional fitness kind of style because right. a lot in CrossFit is either hinging, squatting. It's like in order to move the bar from one place to another, you got to, you know, hinge. But it's really great when there's um, machines and yeah. isolated stuff. Yeah, so I managed to do a ton of stuff. Um, really, really good stuff. Even though I couldn't hinge, had some had some great workouts. Um and I actually, I've grown to, to kind of fall back in love with that kind of space. It's the space that I grew up in, in those kind of global, global, in those global gyms. And of course, the, you know, the, the needle's moved and there's different things going on now. But um, when I go back into a space like that now and I have, I see all these machines and see all the different potential, different things. And there's a big difference between being a machine and not understanding mechanics and being on a machine once you understand, have comprehended, and you practice good mechanics for a long time. Because when you go back onto a machine, now that you understand mechanics better, you use it differently. You are much more effective with the machine. You understand where the tension should be. You should you understand body position. Um, it's like Smith machines. I hadn't used a Smith machine in a long time, and I kind of swung off them. Uh, Charles Poliquin, one of my kind of educators, was dead set against the, the Smith machine and thought it taught bad movement patterns, this, that, and the other. But I actually find if you do understand what good movement is, you understand what a squat looks like, um, you understand what a press should feel like, you can use that Smith machine to a great advantage. It really helps you focus on the muscle you're trying to activate. You can develop great tension, um, even though the, the range of motion isn't that kind of limited uh, limited axis, uh, you know, limited plane, just, just goes up and down on a fixed plane. Um, I found it to be to be very effective at what I was trying to do, which was activate you know specific muscles at specific times. So when people bad mouth machines and Smith machines, I'm like, it depends. It really depends what you're trying to do, where you are in your kind of training evolution, and what you're what you're trying to get out of it. Like, are you going to put um, someone who's never done a squat before on a Smith machine, absolutely not. He's going to teach bad mechanics. They're not going to understand what's meant to be happening. They're not going to understand where the tension is. Are you going to take someone who's been training for 20 years, understands how to squat, understands how to press, um, and explain to them what they should be feeling? Can that have value at that point? Then absolutely, yes. But it was funny because I was, uh, while Peter was working out and I was watching Wyatt in like the little reception area, and um, there was a at one of the gyms, there was a PT doing an inquiry, like a new client um, inquiry. And they were talking and it was this, you know, older woman with 
every pain under the sun, a ton of medications, a ton of stuff. And was saying, you know, um, I, like, I used to be able to be, you know, get into the machines and stuff like that and felt really good. And then now recently I haven't been able to do any of that. And it was a younger coach and the coach was like, yeah, and it's great to start on the machines, but ultimately, you know, we want to get you to the more functional kind of style. And it was hilarious how the woman was like, honestly, I have no interest in that. Like, I just want to get back to feeling good on machines. And it was a nice like reminder and lesson that like, not everyone's goals need to be the same. Like some people whose bodies are completely broken down, they just need isolated movements on machines to like, to keep the, keep the body moving and to keep muscles from atrophying and to, you know, so it was a nice kind of reminder for coaches that it's like, it's not that it's not always the end game to get them to be doing barbell thrusters and using a barbell for doing, uh, you know, and free doing the kind of functional style stuff that's like being fed down our throats. Now. Well, and also like you, you see, sometimes you see beginners take new clients and they're trying to make them do these like complex functional movements where it's, you're combining a couple of different things. And it's kind of like, I, I saw someone doing like a, a single arm kettlebell, like, press lunge type thing uh, and the woman had terrible shoulder mobility and the whole thing just looked horrible and i'm just like that person cannot move well does not have the, the strength in those ranges yet they would be better off just being on a shoulder press machine developing that that strength and that range of motion um and doing some basic lunges like why why invent these like complex functional movement sequences for people under the banner of, oh, it's it's more like the real world. I'm like, no one's doing that in the real world. That's, yeah, right. that's completely invented. Um, so I think it's important not to get carried away with the idea of functional training and not, you know, really understand what a person needs at a specific time. But there's a um, place for the machines. There's a place yeah. for, I mean, there's a place for everything. Like Maybe there is a place. There's a reason in, why Arnold Schwarzenegger just uses the machines now. Like he's right. not deadlifting yeah. and squatting and doing a bunch of shit. Although he could in his heyday, he's not doing that shit anymore. Right. Right. And, and like I said, maybe maybe there was a place for this complex press lunge combination thingy that I saw this person doing. And I think there was a use of a BOSU ball at some point. Doing, <laughs> I was like, what is going now on? Now do it again, but happening? balance. Yeah. Um, and then it's like at the end of it, it's like, yeah, you did so good. You you did it. And like, what what did you do? You're like, you didn't kill yourself, but you didn't do much much more than that. But um, yeah, when you see all these things going on in terms, of it is it is it is always revealing and a good reminder that you know there there's a time and place for everything. There is value to everything, but you have to be aware of what a person needs at what stage and at what age, and again, what the goal is. Um, like Emily was saying, if it's an older person, they're just trying to like stay away from atrophy and just trying to, you know, stay fu- functional. Happy in the sense of, and like, active and right. try to do some movement that they enjoy and hang out yeah. with someone that they, you know, like working out with and, you know. Yeah. And it's it's a good reminder for me because as we as we build this new gym in Adelaide that we're building, you know, a lot of the community here is is slightly older and they're going to have different needs. It's not going to be a ton of studs like we have at uh, Farazaka Park or just going and doing snatches of muscle ups. So, you know, when you when you build a new gym like that, you have to bear that in mind. Like, what is your clientele? What do they what do they need and what's going to be best for them? Um, as opposed to like what's going to be the best for the ultimate, uh, ultimate gym champion. 
Right. It's so funny that we had the arm cycle, uh, which is a great piece of techno gym uh, equipment. We had it at Ferro Cycle Park and it just sat there collecting dust for years. And we brought it to Idlewild and it's like you use it all the time. Yeah. We're using yeah. it all the time for our clients uh, here. And it's, you know, amazing to see. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Just just things to kind of note as you. You know, as you as you evolve as a coach, and as you uh, if you are like building gyms and, and that kind of thing, just what do these people need? What's going to be best for them? And how how should you you best go about designing those programs and, and designing your gym space to accommodate their needs? Um, it's something that is, is greatly on my mind right now. So, um, so yeah, the gyms that we went to, like I said, um, more on the kind of like traditional gym side. Um, I do think. You know, gyms have improved so much since since we were since I was younger. Um, a lot of people are doing this kind of like combination. The, the one in um, Missoula again was kind of a combination gym. They had like the, the kind of like meathead area and then like the functional training zone type area. And a lot of people are embracing that that kind of thing, which is which is fun to see. Um, and then I went to one gym. Uh, <laughs> um, in where, where, where was that? Where, oh, you're in Nevada. It was Nevada. Or, it was in in Winnemucca. Yeah. yeah. And I went to the, the front desk and said, Do you have gyms? No, we don't have a gym in the building, but we have we can give you access to this gym in town. And you know, all you gotta do is sign in and we'll give you a key card. So again, I got up at five, I went super early because you know I, we wanted to get on the road. So I went there and I'm, I'm walking. I said kind of walk there to the lady. She said, Yeah, you can walk there. It's, it'll take you like 12 minutes, but you can walk. So I'm, I, I go on the back and I'm through the car park and then I'm walking and I'm walking on. It's getting sketchier and sketchier and sketchier. I'm like among all these like warehouses, there's a ton of like, you know, yards with like shit everywhere and like dogs barking and it's getting more and more kind of like chaotic. And uh, I go into, I, I arrive at this space and there's like death metal. This is like 5:30 a.m. in the morning. There's like death metal playing, like super loud. It's super aggressive. Everything's like intense and like everyone in there's like jacked up on steroids and it's like a I was like holy much fuck. different from the casino vibe we found in the during the day the you know, right. people smoking cigarettes in the casino next to their two right. year old but again so so I went in and um, kind of kind of did my thing and it was it was again it was a reminder of more like gyms I went to when I was a kid just kind of like intense rusty old like no no frills kind of spaces i um, mean it actually had some great equipment in there and it had like bodybuilding champions all around the 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 walls and stuff big pictures and stuff um it was definitely the most aggressive space i've been in, in some time and yeah it's been nice to see that 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 it's kind of gotten away from that that gyms are getting uh, right you know, but it the... is but but again it's what some people need like some people thrive in that that environment and I to be fair I didn't fuck around in there I was like I didn't even look at my phone I was just like I'm, I'm just gonna get my head down and train because you know you don't want to be the one to be you know not working <laughs> it, it almost demands a kind of a hard working ethic because you know uh you don't, you don't want to be yeah you don't want to be uh you know messing around in there so it, it definitely definitely made me be at the time and get get in and out uh, pretty quickly but yeah it was a, a reminder of you know sometimes you do get used to luxury to some degree and comfort um i mean i think faros 
a couple treads that good boundary between being nice and being uh, a great comfortable space and a very welcoming space but also has you know uh, we we have sessions that are very intense and we get the best out of people and that kind of stuff it doesn't feel super aggressive although to some i guess it might it might be a, you know people always remind me it can be still an intimidating space to walk into as nice as you can make things if people haven't been in gym environments for a while it can be intimidating and uh, it's always a reminder to make it as as welcoming as it can be um but again the, the space that i went into in, in nevada it was you know very 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 different to what we do and a very very different environment but still great for some people and what some people need to get the job done um so yeah that was a, a good a good lesson a good reminder of, of that kind of environment um but i'm, I'm glad and in my child and all that to be <laughs> Yeah, but it was nice. I mean, training on the road, we're lucky that we have the, you know, we do all of our programming through Train Heroic, and it's a really nice interface with a bunch of videos that you can follow along to. So I'd go in and be like, oh, what's the build workout for today? And follow along with that. So, um, you know, if you're traveling on the road, it is a nice uh, to plan in advance to know what gyms you're going to go into and then to kind of have a plan. If you don't have a plan and you're finding yourself just kind of coming in and doing some stuff, then find yourself an online program like the Pharos online programs that we have that you can, you know, jump into. And there's like five different t- types of programs. We even mm. have a body weight program. So if we had no equipment at all, we could jump yep. in on the Fit 30 program and just get that done. Um, mm. And so, you know, it's nice to have and nice to be able to, to follow along too. It just, it just takes a little intention and planning ahead. And it was good for me that like, I knew I was going to meet Jeff and I knew Jeff would want to train um, and it would be early on in our trip. So I knew that would kind of set the bar and we train. I think we trained every day when we were in Peruva. Yeah. Um, and we trained, me and Jeff uh, did a wedding day workout, which was great. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was, it set the tone for the rest of the trip. Like once I'd done that, it's like, okay, this is, this is what's going to happen. We're going to, we're going to stay on top of things. So it was good. Um, let's move on uh, to nutrition because People always say, like, oh, my God, I'm going away. Like, I'm going to eat. The most important thing is realizing, especially, like, the way that we did it, because we were sitting in the car for a long time, you have to understand that your daily energy expenditure is going to be less. Um, You're not – usually, me and Emily, we are on our feet all day. Like, if we're training people, we're in and out of the gym or we're moving around, whatever it is. You know, you're burning a lot of calories in motion. When you're sitting in the car all day – uh, and then you're getting out and you're you know, maybe doing some stuff, but um, less than what you would do on a normal day. You have to understand you're burning less calories. So when you bear that in mind, of course, you need to consume less calories. If you consume the same amount of calories that you normally consume and do less work and expel less energy, of course, your caloric balance is going to be different. And I think a lot of people fall into that trap of they, they, you know, they eat the same as they always eat, but they do a lot less and like they wonder why they're put on weight. Um, so for me and for Emily, we only really had like I'd say one big meal a day, and then me, and then we I I was super prepared. Light, yeah. I was very prepared with um with like snacks, especially with Wyatt, and so yeah. we have a lot of like protein snacks. That's like my biggest thing yes. is always like choose protein first, right. and so we'd have. You know, whether it's RX bars or jerky or um, or string cheeses or like little yogurts that you can uh, pack. You know, we had a cooler, a little pack cooler in the front with all of our kind of, you know, ready, ready to eat to go. We had a lot of fruit things. So we had uh, tangerines and uh, and apples 
and you know strawberries and blueberries type stuff yeah and then for um then we had a, a bigger cooler in the back and that had all of our staples for camping that so we, we'd have. Eggs, so eggs, eggs meat bacon i do a lot of chili because chili is just easy so much can, chili yeah. we i think we eat chili like two or, or like three or four times yeah. uh, over the course Not of chili. it um and the other good thing is because you can we, we did a lot of canned stuff so there was you know we bring canned soups canned kidney beans canned uh chilies canned uh like things that you know last and that bears can't get into <laughs> now we know uh and so then it was great because and you know we bring bread and you know peanut butter and jelly and that kind of thing for to go snacks kind of stuff but it was great to always be able to have um something good and nutritious accessible nearby so that way because when we weren't prepared like i think the, we got less prepared as the trip went on obviously and then we're sitting in Winnemucca, Nevada and wondering what to eat. And there was, no, you know, the place that we wanted to eat wasn't open. There was a barbecue spot that wasn't open. We ended up eating at this, you know, crappy little casino. And it was great because you asked the person, um, everyone's idea of what is fresh and healthy is different, right? And so I go and ask the, the hotel concierge, um, like, oh, we're looking for like, you know, relatively healthy place to eat. And she's like, well, the casino down the street has a salad bar and it's super fresh and healthy. And you go in and it's like iceberg lettuce and ranch dressing and very like, you know, stuff that is definitely not fresh. Yeah. Um, and so it, 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 There's no farms right now. It definitely but, um but it, but it, but as I, I still think you can still make good choices. So I, I'd say like on this whole trip, I, th- I think I ate pretty well. Um, and what I was going to say is, again, I massively reduced, not that I eat like a lot anyway, but I massively reduced my carbohydrate content because I didn't need a lot of carbs to do what I was doing. So I mainly focused Minus on- Minus that incredible burrito that we had in Boise, the best yeah. burrito we've ever had. That lobster burrito. It was like yeah. lobster, steak, and shrimp. Yeah. And it was massive, the size of definitely your head at least. Yeah. And you ate the whole thing, and yeah. I ate the whole thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, a reduction in carbs definitely because I, I can easily survive on proteins and fats on a, on a journey like that with the kind of work that I was doing. Um, I had some carbohydrates, I had some fruit, um, and then like Emily was saying, like some some rice and burritos and that kind of stuff. But generally speaking, I, I just make my focus about proteins and fats because I know that's what's going to be best for my, my body. What, that's what's going to stop me from gaining a lot of body fat. Um, I'm not going to take in an excess of, of, of calories because I'm going to you know, uh, massively reduce my carbohydrate intake. And when you're on the road and you are camping, it's easy to cook fats and proteins. You know, you, you're just cooking your, your meat. So we did we had steak, we had, like I said, we had chili uh, and we did eggs. So it's easy to get your fats. Um, avocado, all that kind of stuff. Um, like Emma said, these um, fresh salad bars, you can get some, some greens in. Um, so I do I do think a lot of the time people make the excuse of, oh, I'm on holiday, I'm just going to eat whatever I want, and then just end up feeling like absolute shit. Um, whereas you can, make, you can make good choices on the road. It doesn't matter where you go. That- 80 20 philosophy or that 60 40 you know whatever wherever you end up splitting on that 
then you can't, you know, like I was joking on Instagram, like you, then you can have your s'mores. Like you can't right. have yeah. like your, uh, that, you know, your 10 pound burrito that we ate where it's like, you don't regret those things because you know that they're few and far between and that the rest, you know, the, the 80% of what you're doing is pretty on point. So yeah. you can allow yourself that 20% of like actual life's enjoyment without feeling bad about it. Right, and the, and, the, and the basic thing is most, most people that are gaining weight are just, it's just because they're overeating, like they're eating more than they're, they're, they're burning, obviously. So you have to, like I said before, you just have to take that in consideration, what do I need to fuel my day? What's gonna be essential today? What do I really need to feel good? Um, a lot of the time it's a lot less than you think it is. Um, and I find- Especially me, if you're in the car for four to six or eight for hours. Sure. Yeah, and if you, I mean, of course, I'm fucking drinking a lot of coffee, which is not great. Um, I thought you did pretty well on this trip, Peter. Yeah. Comparatively, yeah. Mm. Given that you'll do an entire pot of coffee and then brew a second pot of coffee around two o'clock, yeah. this time it's like we had our jet boil and that camping jet boil was great. And then you had good. maybe one flat white. I drank yeah. a lot of matcha lattes. Man, yeah. that was one thing about. Uh, I, I had the best matcha latte in Winnemucca, which was surprising. Like literally yeah. the best matcha latte I've ever had, yeah. um, which was surprising. Um, but yeah, so so when you're on the road and you're, you're dipping into restaurants or you're cooking, just just stick to simple stuff. Like for me, it's, if I go into like Emerson, that, that casino restaurant, I'm just going to get a steak and have some salad. I don't need all the fries. I don't need the onion rings. I don't need all that shit. I did need the tater tots. That's okay. You'll probably need more. <laughs> uh, but for me, it's like just just stick to your basics. You know, you get the, the portion of meat, and then you get the, the, the greens, whatever it is. Or you, if it's in the morning, you have your eggs and you have some bacon, whatever it is. You know, just stick to your basic staples that you know have high nutritional value, uh, and then it's going to give your body the, the stuff that it needs. Uh, and just stay away from all the shit. Like even when you go to garage drops, like we go to garage drops, of course, and you know, often I just get some beef jerky or I get like a protein shake or something from a, from a bottle. It's not the best thing in the world, but it's a lot better than getting a bag of chips and, you know, bag of sweets, whatever the fuck else people buy in, in, in garage drops. So it's just being smart enough to, to realize what's going to be good for you, what your body needs uh, and not, not, it's all convenient, right? The different, whether I buy a, a pack of beef jerky or a pack of chips, it's just as convenient. It's just being sensible and making, making the right choice me and changing your palate to some extent because some people you know like right. it's easy for us to say because we've had many years of eating this way but if you're just starting out it's like hard to always make that good choice and so that's why I say like just try to choose protein first like when you go into the garage right. like go into always the section the like first, they yeah. always have the um you know the meat and cheese kind of thing they always have string cheeses they always have a thing of yogurt they always have beef jerky and you may not be wired to think of that first but if you just tell yourself okay I'm going to choose protein first and then you know and then be kind to myself for the rest you know for for whatever else as they're as they're developing those you know neural patterns that help you to eat healthy because it is easy for us to say especially you you know, because yeah. you like you can literally just survive off of meat alone, and not everyone can. <laughs> but choose protein first, and then the rest will come. That's true. That's a good way to that's a good way to frame it. Like just just go protein first, and you'll be all right. 
Yeah. Because mm. usually the problem is people go in and they're like, oh, what do I want? And then they think of what they want. And then, of course, marketing and really good yeah. and all the packaging and everything that draws their eye. And they're like, oh, I want a bag of Cheetos. Like, we know because we see why, right? Like, when he right. goes in, he's like, oh, I want that. I want these Cheetos. I want this. I want that. And so it's like you have to even train, like, you have to start them young and train them to be like, okay, eat your protein first. And then like, yeah, you can still have the chips and you can still have the packies and you can still have all of, you know, those extra kind of stuff, but let's choose protein first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, something you brought up earlier about the stretching thing, which made me think of, um, did I offend you? I'm sorry. No, 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 a big, a big part of this trip, obviously, because you're in the, in, the, in the car so much, we wanted to listen to something like educational or inspiring and that kind of stuff. Uh, and we listened to David Goggins' uh, Can't Have Me uh, book, which is kind of um, someone else is reading it. but They did a great job working together. They it worked together. Like, and they, they had like breaks where they like talked about the chapter and that kind of stuff. It was, so it David was really, Goggins was still very much a part of it. Right. Um, but they had another guy named Adam, uh, forget his last name now, but he helped, you know, co-write the book and then read the audio book. But it was great because in between the chapters, you got like the audio book only podcast version of the about the chapters and stuff. Um, so it was really fun to, yeah. to hear his life. And God, what a what an obsessive, disciplined, crazy dude. Yeah, I mean. It's inspirational in many ways because that's someone who will who will never back down and who will always uh, get the job done. I mean, he did he did buds three times uh, because the first time he got injured, the second time he got injured, and then the third time he the first time he had got injured and had to pull out. The second time he finished buds and then got injured, and then they said, okay, but now you have to retake buds. And then the third time had to finish buds with two broken legs. He ran every day on two broken legs and yeah. just like made it through because he was like, I ain't doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> so that and then all, all the ultra marathons that followed, obviously to run ultra marathons, you have to be kind of fucked up in the head. Um, but just the relentless pursuit of um, of excellence, the relentless pursuit of I'm going to, no matter what, this will not hurt me. This will not beat me. I and not being afraid of getting hurt. Like right. meaning that like, he literally pursued things that he knew would be uncomfortable because it would make him stronger. And there's like such a, um, such a lesson to be learned because a lot of us try to, um, you know, seek our comforts and always chase what is comfortable as opposed to leaning into the things that are, you know, painful and uncomfortable to see what you, we can achieve. Right. Um, and to know that that makes for a much more fulfilling life. And of course the biggest, the biggest takeaway for me, uh, and I talk about it a lot, but sometimes I listen to stuff like that and it really does remind me the importance of mindset and just being in that in that mindset where you're like, I need something to test me. I need something that's going to push me. I need something that I don't know whether I can do it. I need it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take me to a different place in my mind and in my body. And we are all guilty at times of um, just going through workouts and going through our physical challenges that are just comfortable that we just it's it gets to the point where it's not that hard for us it's it's kind of like you're only willing to do what's in your comfort zone right and it's not like it's not effective for your body because it is but it's not challenging you mentally and it's not it's not pushing you to a different space in your in your in in your spirit Um, whereas when you listen to doggins like everything he does has to be like if this doesn't change me i'm not doing it um and not that i 
want to be like David Goggins or I want to live that kind of life because I think there are there are innate problems that come along with that. Or sacrifices. Um, or sacrifices. Not necessarily problems, just um, the sacrifice. Right. Um, but I do think it's a good reminder that you have to do things that do challenge you and do push you to a different place mentally and physically uh, at times. Um, this was always my thing with the Jim Jones stuff um, and the CrossFit stuff. It's Some of it is it doesn't necessarily isn't the best thing physically at times. Right, but, but it's not five days a week. Right, but it is the best thing mentally. Like I need to challenge myself. I need to push myself beyond the, my, my ordinary realms. Um, I need to find something that's going to really, really hurt me in order for me to me to grow. Um, so, you know, we always try to include that stuff at Paros. And again, it was just a reminder of the importance of it. He has become very successful because he put himself in very uncomfortable positions in very uncomfortable places um, and learned and grew from those places. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was just the whole thing for me. It was like, yeah, that, that shit is really important. Um, but one of the one of the key points that Emily was bringing up, uh, he gets to this point, he's been doing all this physical stuff, he's been doing all this running, and he gets to the point where he thinks he's dying. His body is just shutting down. And he's like, I think I'm literally dying. And it came down to the fact that all his body was so locked up from like all this work and no stretching that it just... He had never stretched. Like, never ever. stretched. Done like, all this stuff like many tours, all these ultra marathons, but he, like at the time, the research, you know, was counterproductive to like, if you want to make strength gains and be explosive, there was, you know, all this research that said that stretching is counterintuitive to that, which was like just such a one lie, you know, now, yeah. now we know better, but also like, so he followed that and then he literally thought he was dying and it, it, you know, he took some time and literally just had a crazy stretch routine for months and months right. and months. Like stretching for like two hours, five hours a day. Like that man yeah. does nothing to right. the, he does nothing to the bare minimum. Every, really, everything is go. But really fixed himself. Like he went to all the best doctors, all the best science. No one could tell him what was wrong with him. And then he found this like stretch doctor who basically said, "This is the problem." And then he basically fixed himself through stretching, and then was doing everything he'd ever done before better again. Um, so again, a lesson to A, think outside the box because um, we're always science is always uh, learning. It's it's a it's a it's not a finite thing. Not everybody knows everything, um, and he really had to go outside the box to figure out what was wrong with him. And then B, I always say to myself, "Fuck, what's it going to take for me to fucking stretch more?" Look, I know I need to do it. I have an amazing wife who has all this knowledge about the stretching and mobility. We do a ton of it at Ferris Athletic Club. What's it really going to take for me to fucking do it? And for him, it took almost dying um, to, to start stretching. I, hope that I don't think I'm going to get to that point, but I think when I listen to stuff like that, it's just a reminder to me. It's like, fuck, dude, just fucking do it. Um, in the evening, when you're, you know, if you're chilling out with your, your, your family and you're watching something on the TV and Netflix, just, just stretch as you're doing it, just add it in. So that's my, that when I got back, I was like, okay, this is, this is what I need to start doing because I'm going to have, I'm definitely going to have those problems. Um, especially after, like I said, being in the car for so long and my hips and my back, like, oh, this isn't great. So, um, yeah, it was a, a good lesson to learn. And a fantastic book, by the way, if you, if you haven't listened to it or haven't, um, haven't read it, um, even if you're not into, you know, all this kind of stuff, uh, not massively into to, to fitness or, you know, he's a, he's a military guy, obviously, so if you're not massively into military, it doesn't matter. It was it's, just it's, more it's, about mindset. It's all about mindset and, and, and the lessons that we learned. So, 
Um, if you want a great, uh, great inspirational book to listen to, then I'd recommend it. Um, other stuff, um, obviously, we, we, we did have uh, White on the Road. Uh, Emily is pregnant. We did have, um, you know, it puts you in, um, in different places when you, when you have a family. If I, if I was doing this road trip on my own, you know, it would have been uh, way less fun. But easier in the terms of like you only have to like worry about yourself and care about yourself. Uh, when you have a family, when you have kids, and you have everything else to think about, you know, you have to like manage time differently. So you have to think about, you know, like I said, what time is White going to wake up? Like, how long have I got to work out? Uh, what's the safest position for my family to be in? I don't really want to stay in the cheapest fucking motel in the world because my family may be at risk in that situation. So I want to like find something what I would consider to be you know, safer and uh, But at the same time, we also had a two-week trip and wanted to make sure that we were economic. Had to be on a budget, and yeah, and economic. Budget. So there are all these all these things go go into a trip. It's like that balance between, okay, what am I going to feel comfortable with financially and what am I going to feel comfortable with in terms of my family's safety and how am I going to manage my time to so that everybody can have the best time possible and not be selfish with my time, and, but at the same time not be a miserable Son of a bitch, because uh, I don't get to do anything that I enjoy. Um, so I think we managed to have like a fairly good balance between like me and Emily both doing what we needed to do to keep ourselves in a good mindset, spend enough time with Wyatt, spend enough time with each other, um, and just you know have generally a, a good time. Um, but like I said, it was um, you know as a 44 year old man, um, it was it was a very different road trip to, to the stuff I'd done in my past, um, but probably the best thing, you know, certainly the best thing I've done in a long time. Oh, yeah, definitely one that we'll remember forever, especially the stuff with Wyatt, like just watching Wyatt play right. and imagine and yeah. be in the dirt and go in the lake and, you know, just enjoy life and explore. Yeah, and, and just, and I kind of been talking about this a lot recently, but when you look at the world through a child's eyes or through through Wyatt's eyes and you see how amazing everything is, like, you know, how amazing it is to explore, how amazing it is to enjoy nature, how amazing it is to meet new people. Um, it's easy to get down on life because when you watch the news and you see how terrible everything is and it goes, oh, oh my God, media is always, this is terrible, this is awful. It paints a very bleak picture and it's very easy to get down on things and get negative about things. But when you get to see and enjoy um, the world through his eyes and the experiences through, through, through his eyes, it makes the world fresh. And you're like, fuck, America is amazing. The world is amazing. Yes, there's a ton of problems. Yes, there's a ton of issues. But generally, like when you wake up and, you know, you go out and, and you spend your day, you know, make the most of it. Make the best of it. It's it's There are great things out there. There are great people. Everybody we met, we didn't meet any bad people the whole fucking trip. Every, everyone, apart from that woman that yelled at you for walking across her campsite. It wasn't even in her campsite <laughs> i think she just had a chip on her shoulder from other people in her right. campsite right. but pretty much everyone we met was like amazing and was lovely and wanted to help and you know uh most people are good people yeah that's that's True. the bottom line um and now obviously we're back in ottawa um we've walked back into like a few things we have to take care of which we're, we're working through but the main good news is i got approval yesterday for the gym in ottawa um, so uh, I'm going to be like going 100 miles an hour on that, trying to get that to get out and set up as quickly as possible. Um, and then we have the you know we have the competition against AMP coming up at the end of the month. 
Um, so we have, so a have, Sarah, last up we have another retreat going on for Labor retreat. Day, which has a few spots left. So if you're listening to this very soon, then you can still probably jump in on that. And we have the, the powerlifting uh, meet coming up. Yeah, we've got a, um, a whole nine-week course seminar uh, that Ru- Coach Ruby and Jess are hosting in Ferrocycle Park. So get in on that. Um, and that'll all culminate into a really fun uh, mock meet that we're going to host by, uh, for near Halloween time. And the next, at the end of the next little challenge, right? Yes. Yeah. So there's a ton of stuff happening. Woo! Yeah. The, uh, the anxiety is real. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's all good stuff. Um, some call it, but you know, it's, some call it anxiety. And some call it the butterflies of excitement. Right. It's all about your perspective. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's it for today, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll catch up with you soon and take care till then. See ya.